Hello and welcome to Switch It, the podcast that is looking forward to a bit of rest and rotation. It's been a week since England wrapped up a maximum points haul in Gaul and extended their winning run in Sri Lanka, but they've barely had time to sit and admire the curtains during yet another spell in hotel quarantine before turning attention to four tests against India in India, with World Test Championship hopes on the line for both sides. To chew through the preview flab and cut to the quick ahead of the series opener in Chennai, I'm joined today by two of ESPN Crick Info's chief anoraks. George DeBell can tell you the heavy roller specifications for every test ground in world cricket and is among the lucky few tourists who knows what it's like to win in India. Sid Monger, meanwhile, can pick a carom ball from several hundred miles away, and if there's something he doesn't know about the India setup, then frankly it isn't worth knowing. Morning, George, firstly. Gaul was enjoyable from an English perspective, but are you fearful that the, uh, the early starts might get a little more gruelling from here on? Um... Do you, if you mean, do I am I concerned that uh, England face a really tough challenge? Then yeah, sure. I honestly don't think it gets tougher. Uh, and the more that you, you look back on that 2012 trip, it, it seems like a miracle. So um, I, I guess the positive way of looking at it from an England perspective is that this is the biggest challenge of all, and if they pull it off, it will be an absolutely fantastic achievement. Um, you know that India side looked dauntingly strong. They should be confident. Yeah, I, I am actually. No, I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, the sooner it starts, the better, as far as I'm concerned. I really like cricket. It's weird, isn't it? After all this time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, you'd think the novelty would have worn off by now. You would. Um, <laughs> it should have done, really. <laughs> now you won't find Sid on Twitter, but we've managed to track him down for a guest appearance on Switch. His his first full cap, in fact. Um, Presumably this is a great honour, Sid. How's it going out there? Um, tell us about the, the warm glow of Brisbane that presumably you're still basking in. <laughs> Thanks for having me, first of all. Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, it, it, it was, it was uh, like a really, really unbelievable series win for India, uh, which, which you can see that, that afterglow that you spoke of, you can see people are, all these players are still doing interviews, still basking in it, still reflecting on it. Yeah, at some point, it, it, it was, it was just, you know, it was hard to imagine an Indian side, not, not because they were missing Kohli, but because they were missing so many bowlers to go and from 36 all out to go ahead and win that series, it was, it is. It is. It must be like they must feel really, really um, invincible right now. If especially when they're go, going to play at home, Pujara. I, I can totally imagine Pujara after having <laughs> played out days of days and days of Cummins. He must be, you know, <laughs> uh, looking forward to lower bounce, less movement, and not that spin bowling, which is not as accurate and as skillful as India's. So I'm, sh- I'm sure all these batsmen must be, you know, queuing up. <laughs> you, you can say it. he's looking forward to days and days of Don Bess. Um, this is <coughs> this is it, uh, India's first interna- international cricket at home um, since January 2020, I think. So um, I mean, obviously the challenges of COVID um, experienced the world over, but it. it it's a nice, must be a nice feeling to have uh, the game uh, restarting again all, after all this time. Yeah, uh, although I, I'm sure the uh, I'm sure the cricket following public would be, you know, uh, 
aware of uh, all the challenges that have uh, especially the cricketers must have become aware of how privileged they are that they they can still go ahead and do their carry go on with their jobs while which which just puts them in a better position than i would say 90% of the rest of the world and it it comes with challenges which i'm sure must get to them sitting in a hotel room for days on end to fulfill their quarantine requirements but i'm sure at some point they must appreciate the privileged position they are in and then to be able to play the cricket and uh, uh it will be a challenge to host cricket without any fans in india uh, we don't know yet what happens in the second test but uh, it it will be a unique thing for india to you know just come out play in an indian crowd with no crowd behind them <laughs> it 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 will be a little eerie i suppose <laughs> yes, I mean we we talk about lack of crowds at, at cricket um, in test matches in the subcontinent at times, but this will really be um, be a, a quiet affair if if Tamil Nadu Cricket Association does um, not allow crowds in. There's some talk of that um, situation being uh, changed in time for um, the second test, perhaps. Um, yeah, so India, as Sid says, feeling invincible. Um, England rocking up for a, a four-test tour. Um, George, the challenge ahead since um, England's visit in 2012-13, that famous come-from-behind um, victory, India haven't allowed the opposition so much as a sniff. 12 series, 12 victories. Um, that includes hammering England 4 Hill in 2016-17. Um, I mean, England showed some encouraging signs in Sri Lanka, uh, winning that series 2-0, but uh, this is a whole different kettle of Bombay duck, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I think uh, it'd be interesting to see what Sid thinks, but I, th- I thought in 2012, uh, India made a big strategic error in Mumbai when they they wanted to destroy England, not just beat them. They wanted to absolutely destroy them, so they prepared a turning, an extra turning track in Mumbai. And there's no need. So, and by doing that, they let England into the game because they gave their spinners a real opportunity. And and the most, the biggest danger for India, well, there are a few, I, I guess. One, actually, they're coming into the series having not enjoyed good preparation at all. There are fitness question marks over quite a lot of their players. You could argue that England have had better warm-up because at least they've been playing or some of them have been playing in Sri Lanka but if they play on the sort of pitches they played on in that 16 uh, series very very hard to see how England get a look in but if they make the mistake that they did in Dubai in two, uh, sorry, Dubai, Mumbai in 2012 Leach and, and Bess might come into the game a little bit it could be a leveller but I just don't see why they would do that and I know there's talk of it being a green track in Chennai but it it won't be, will it? I mean, it won't, not by the standards <laughs> that we expect. So you look at the times when England have won in the past. I, I can't believe that it'll be like, was it 76 or whatever, when there was a bizarre selection of balls that suddenly swung massively for John Lever. And it probably won't be like the Botham test in Mumbai where there was a green one where the ball swung round corners. And I don't see Alistair Cook or Kevin Peterson or Monty Pattister or Graham Swan. I'm not hugely optimistic. 
<laughs> yeah, for those that, I mean, for, for those listening, you can't see Sid shaking his head there when George referred to the um, uh, allegedly green chipotle surface. Um, <laughs> just just yeah, let's Sid. put that in perspective. Last time England were there, it's the last test they played. Yeah. They played quite well. They played quite well. They scored 470 in the first innings. I mean, that's job done. Yeah. And yeah. then they were in the field. I mean, it was... It, I, I don't know if you recall, but I, I couldn't get accreditation on that series. So I was sitting out in the sun, which was kind of fine. <laughs> but the, the back of the, the ground there has uh, the Buckingham Canal. It, 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 you, you probably are aware of it, Sid. Oh. The Buckingham oh, Canal from... is quite sewagey, it's fair to say. The sweet it's smell from Buckingham. Fav- <laughs> it's not my favourite smell. And... Uh, <laughs> And as I and the sewage roasted that day, I mean, honestly, that game was quite hard to cover. Um, it was um, it was kind of torture, and, and India played it so well. They just ground England into the dirt. They scored seven hundred for seven, I think, and um, and then they bowled England out again uh, in the third innings. I mean, I, I think they bowled them out for two hundred fifty odd in the third innings. So England almost did everything right. They were just up against a team that was better than them. And that is a humdinger of a problem. Yeah, 759 for seven declared. Uh, and um, Karen Nair with a triple hundred. Um, Sid, I don't think Karen Nair will be very close to selection this time around, which tells you <laughs> something about India's depth. I mean, do, do they have anything to be worried about? So, uh, I've, I've just if you look back at the last 10 years and the only two times they've lost is to England in 2012, and one test to Australia in 2016-17. So it has either come through a really complete bowling attack, which was England in 2012. There was Swan and Panisar at their best, and Anderson was Anderson was really good at that time, and he got some assistance with reverse swing. So either either you come up against an attack that is at its peak, and also at the same time India's spinners Ashwin and Oja were in their first or second series so they were not that experienced either that happens or you create as as George pointed out the Mumbai pitch India went a step ahead when they went to Pune against uh, Australia and it was like a real raging turner so you do that you turn it into a lottery uh, I suspect and, and while England have been over the last 10 years England have perhaps been at par with New Zealand as the best tourists to Asia, I think. They've, they've gone gone to Sri Lanka and done well repeatedly. They've challenged Pakistan. Even even on this last tour in India, England were competitive in the first three tests. They drew in Rajkot. They came like really close to perhaps a little bit of luck here or there and they could have won the first test in Rajkot. They, Mohali also, they did well. It was Mumbai first innings, they did well. And it was only after that Mumbai second innings that you know the wheels came off that tour so they have been one of the best prepared sides coming to Asia but still I don't see them you know have a complete attack that can out especially this Indian attack right now with Ashwin, Bumrah, Ishan Sharma to out bowl India and test series are won by out bowling the opposition no matter where you are and India as George Perry I don't think they will make a mistake of going for a raging turner unless they just desperately need a result which which could have been the case if they had not won in Australia and they would have been you know a little anxious about making the world test championship finals although today is just the news coming in half an hour ago has <laughs> has made that insignificant that Australia are not touring South Africa so uh, 
either, if either, neither of them happens, I really struggle to see how England beat India. I mean, a draw could happen, but beating India, taking 20 wickets for fewer runs than this, than England score, hard to see. Although they will be more competitive than, say, Australia coming to India at this time. Let me paint a scenario where it could happen. I mean, I basically I agree with every word that you've just said. Uh, but the, here's the scenario. <clears throat> England bat big first innings. They break Bumrah, who, who, who <coughs> might not be in perfect shape already. Possibly they break Ishad. What, what, what shape's Ashwin in? Who knows? So... I mean, my worry is that even you get to the second and third string Indian team and it's still good. But um, but, but that could happen. You, you could see a situation where, um, well, the bowlers of both sides uh, find life very difficult because of the imperfect preparation they've had. Equally, there's a, uh, a day-night game, which yes. might prove to be a bit of a leveller. I mean, very often the pink ball does absolutely nothing and is horrendous. But it's possible that, you know, it might do something in... The Jew, or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's there a is matter a of being in the right place at the right time with the day-night test. Uh, yeah, and equally, it's possible that if England pick Moeen, and I'm not positive they will, that if he's at his absolute best, England have a decent left arm, right arm spinning attack. Uh, we know that their seam attack is decent. Uh, we also know that India's is, of course. It's not. You know, there, there is a scenario where there could be a shock. But, I mean, if you were putting... I mean, I don't really believe in odds and betting and stuff, but I, I don't know what it would be. I mean, it, it, England are, are outsiders to a huge degree. But maybe as well that, that releases a bit of pressure on them. I mean, you could argue that, couldn't you? Actually, you know, I have not learned my lesson from the Australia tour where I predicted India would lose badly. <laughs> well, we all did. I, I should stop predicting now. <laughs> there is a right. it, it shows what a great game it is. If we knew yeah. what was going to happen all the time, you know, uh, India bowled out for 30-odd. <laughs> Losing players, Virat goes home. No one saw that coming. I mean, it was a, it's an amazing result. And, and, and a reminder that, you know, certainty and hubris are both best avoided. Yeah. And I could even imagine a scenario where, as as has been reported, that Chennai, because it is hosting back-to-back -back test matches, leaves a little more moisture so that the pitch lasts. And it could it could well become a good toss to lose on day one with this a little bit of moisture and with a little bit of luck with edges carry edges carrying. You could bowl India out on day one if India win the toss and bat first. I mean, that's not entirely unimaginable because England's seam attack is not hopeless. They are they are a good seam attack. I think <laughs> Karanair was dropped on 30-odd in that, that game in 2016. <laughs> I think Cook dropped him in the slips, fairly straightforward. Yeah. History could be different. <laughs> yes, yes. Let's... <clears throat> Piling on the pain here, um, let's let's focus on on some of those possible areas of, of weakness. Um, Sid, I mean, India extraordinary result in Australia, but they've they've come back with um, a lengthy injury list. Um, who who is kind of out of the series? Who is likely to be fit for this first test? Um, and, and and how significant is you know the, Virat Kohli just become a father? He's presumably very keen to prove he's still the daddy on the field as well. Um, <laughs> nice, but <laughs> but um, you know it was it was Ajitya Rahani's uh, India that won in Australia, wasn't it? 
Well, Ajinkya Rahane will be the first one to tell you, no, it is just India and it's <laughs> neither me nor him. <laughs> uh, that's one of the debates, uh, one of the old debates, how much, how much does a captain bring to the team? Uh, if it's a good team, it's a good team. <laughs> And, and Virat Kohli uh, is likely to bring quite a lot of good batting as well. Yes, um, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, uh, are we expecting um, Ashwin to, to pull up fit? Bumrah, um, Ishan Sharma missed the tour of Australia, but is is in line to come back here. Um, but there are a few absentees, um, casualties from from that um, successful trip to Australia. Yeah, so Ishant is back. He he was fit even when the third or fourth test was going on, and which made us wonder what hap- what really happened. Why 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 wasn't he flown into Australia in, when there was time? Uh, Bumrah and Ashwin are fit, or they won't have been picked. So I'm I'm expecting all three of them to play that first test, and then um, the other spinner might be Washington Sundar, just to because like for like replacement for Jadeja's batting, not bowling. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> And the fifth fifth bowler might depend on conditions. It could be either Kuldeep Yadav or a third seamer in Siraj. So the attack is pretty much, you know, back to full, almost full strength. With but Jadeja is a really big miss, especially in home conditions where he was almost a specialist batsman now at number six. So uh, you miss that all rounder. So th- there's a bit of a question where you you know want to go with six batsmen or five batsmen, five bowlers. Uh, Apart from that, batting batting looks even more solid than it did when they went to Australia with you know Rohit Sharma and Shubman Gill, who might have struggled in Australia. You you whom you might have thought they would struggle in Australia with the movement at extra bounds, but oh, opening in India they they must be you know just <laughs> waiting to open in India where <laughs> there won't be that much seam movement, swing will die out in the first hour or so. So this batting looks really formidable, even if they play five batsmen here. It's it's going to be a green seamer. So to, to just just remember that. <laughs> um, I mean, and, and what about just uh, briefly the, the, some of the heroes of the Gabby? Uh, Washington Sundar still in contention, you, th- you think? But I mean, Shardul Thakur, Navdeep Saini, uh, T Natarajan. Are we going to see any of them this series, or are they going to be sort of you know trivia questions in twenty years' time? Net bowlers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Shardul Thakur could get a game uh, using the same logic that was used for Washington Sundar to play him as because of his batting ability. He could get a game ahead of, uh, let's say, Mohamed Siraj so that they can play a more aggressive spin bowler instead of Washington Sundar, which would be Kuldeep Yadav. Uh, Navdeep Saini and T. Natarajan, I don't see them playing test cricket anytime soon. <laughs> Well, uh, they'll always have the Gabba. Um, yeah. well, is there any chance? Is there any chance they'll uh, mix up the keeping? Huh. That, that's the most interesting uh, question they must be facing because uh, ideally, ninety-nine percent of the times, I would say you pick the better batsman. But there must be something why even the team feels a little nervous when Rishabh Pant is keeping to spin. <laughs> I mean, in one of the interviews. Uh, I think it was Ashwin and the fielding coach Arshidhar in one of the interviews and India were forced to place Pant in the second test and uh, there was a bit of moisture on the first day and the ball was turning and the fielding coach says oh, we were all you know nervous what's going to happen because this Pant keeping to a turning ball uh, but I would still you know give him a couple of series in India because how else will he learn 
he doesn't get time to play first class cricket now because there's other uh, commitments international limited overs cricket all that where else will he learn how to keep because he's too good a batsman to not play ஒரு how unconfident the spin bowlers <laughs> feel if he's keeping i'm not sure of that if that's the case they might you know play both of them and just four bowlers just for this one series well uh, england have a, a similar a keeping debate which we will uh, we may touch on um as we go along george i mean england are likely to make several changes too from from the team that won their previous test. Um, Ben Stokes, Jofra Archer, Rory Burns are back. Stokes and Archer were rested uh, from that previous tour. Burns was missing for the birth of his child. Um, The rotating door to bubble life means Johnny Bairstow, Mark Wood and Sam Curran have gone home for the first two tests. There are there are various ways that they could line up depending on the, on the surface that um, they are presented with but i mean what what are your what are your instincts about <coughs> some of those key decisions moeen a potential return for moeen whether broaden anderson could both play or whether they'll stick to that sort of rotation policy i mean even whether they will push root up to 3 or um or, or go with a a top three of Burns, Sibley and Crawley, which is very inexperienced, um, in certainly in these conditions. Okay, I think they will go for that top three. I, I think so. Uh, so I think they'll play all three openers with Root at four. I think Stokes will bat at five, and I think Pope bats at six if his shoulder is okay. One of the difficulties with not being there is that it's very hard to know what's happening. You know, normally I'd be at training and you'd be able to make a an informed guess about <laughs> the, the state of fitness of these guys. Uh, I don't know how Pope is in... I mean, Pope can bat and Pope gets in as a batsman, but they're not going to take a chance with this field in, you know, if he dives, if he has to throw. You've got to be so careful. He's obviously a very talented player with a big future, so... Uh, if Pope doesn't play Lawrence Will um, uh, but Pope is obviously the first choice Um, in terms of the bowling I think this might come a wee bit too early for Moen and they also might feel that they they owe Don Best some loyalty so I think they'll play two spinners and two seamers plus Stokes Uh, you would think that Joffre will come straight back in but again he's had four or five days he will will have had four or five days going into the test series is that enough I, I can't give you an informed answer um, we are speaking to him shortly in an hour actually so we might get some more idea but you know in a perfect world he plays and then they play I think with him one of Broad and Anderson I suspect it will be Broad in the first test purely on the basis that Anderson played the last one in Gaul I think they'll be asked to do a similar job um, Broad maybe he's obviously a bit younger as well so uh, he might be required to bowl quite a few overs with Stokes and Archer just coming back into the setup. so it, it's far from ideal and that means you play Bess probably and Leach um, yeah does that, does that make sense that's, that's how I think it will look yeah 
yeah that's uh that's very good from this uh considerable distance um <coughs> from chennai uh, i mean the, the challenge clearly there then is gonna is gonna rest on um england spinners um Bess and Leach were, well, they were second and third on the wicket-taking list in, in Sri Lanka, um, just behind Lassith and Baldenia. Uh, Bess, 12 wickets at 21.25, uh, Leach, 10 at 35.5. But, I mean, <coughs> that, the numbers only really tell part of the story there. They, they clearly struggled at times, um, particularly for consistency. They both spoke a little bit about that. Uh, and they had, you know, they've had two tests under their belts now. Um, to get used to some of the conditions and 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 work on uh, just rhythm and, and and getting landing the ball right, but um, I mean, as Sid's kind of alluded to, the um, eagerness of India's bat, batsmen to, to to get going in uh, familiar conditions again. There's going to be a lot of toil here, isn't there? A lot of overs, uh, a lot of just sort of <laughs> trying to keep it tight, hold it together, and and, and hope hope for a bit of luck. Well, I, I hope so. I mean, it would kind of be a, a sign of success if they could bowl a lot of overs. So the worry was in the second test, first innings in Gaul, that Anderson and Wood, I mean, Mark Wood, bowled more <laughs> overs than Don Bess, and that cannot be right. That is not a sustainable situation. So we, we know, the really everybody knows, the limitations with England's spinners and the problems young spinners in England face attempting to develop. They simply don't get enough overs. I think there are talented young bowlers in England. I don't think they're given a fair opportunity. I think Leach is uh, pretty much dead cert in that side. I think he's deserved it. I think he's uh, shown good things in his career to date. Uh, and I actually thought that he came on for the bowl in, in uh, Sri Lanka and was the better of the spinners. Now, I know we're at a time in cricket history where some people seem to think everything can be explained through statistics. You can do anything with stats. They are like words. You can mould them to your will. You, you can, you've got to be very careful with statistics. The old cliche, the average person has one testicle and one breast, yeah? Be really, really careful with statistics. So when you see Don Bess's bowling average in Gaul and you think, he's coming on, he's doing great. You know, that, that good, good luck to him because he did bowl better as the series went on and I thought the second innings of the second test, I thought he, I thought he did pretty well. But his, his five for the first innings uh, of the first test was the softest first innings five for I've ever seen in test cricket. And he, he would be the first to admit that it was fortunate. And so you've got to be, you know, really, really careful with that. My, my fear is that he's going to take quite a lot of punishment and then he's going to have to come back for more. And it just mentally, I think it will be really difficult. I think he has been asked to f fill the gap in England's spin resources. And it's an, a huge ask maybe even an unfair ask. And the reason they've gone for him is because he seems like a robust, positive character, brilliant attribute, so that, you know, he'll have a bad day, he'll get up tomorrow and he'll go again. And I think he will, and I, I get that. Also, he'll contribute in the field, terrific fielder, and he'll contribute with the bat. I, I, I get all of that. In England in particular, where spinners might only be viable for like 5% of the game, it might it make sense to have someone who can play a role in another 25% of the game. So that sort of makes sense. But I, I, I have areas of concern. He, you know, he's been asked to learn on the job and there's nowhere tougher to learn than India. It's, it's like being asked to be a lion tamer and going straight into the den. It's really, really tough. So there, there are some concerns. I don't see him beating uh, batsmen with his drift. I don't see them having to adjust. I don't 
really know what his stock ball is. Uh, I don't see him bowl four, five, six balls of an over together. They just he doesn't bowl maidens, and it's terribly hard to captain because you you have to have sweepers, and you've probably got to have men, uh, well, mid on and mid off, a uh, long on, long off even. There are a lot of holes, so it's quite easy for patient batsmen to to milk him and just uh, release pressure, and you know go big over five days now the the issue India will have again is uh, if uh, they try and bat against him like Australia used to against Moen, they give him a chance if they try and destroy him, there's no need because he will bowl a four ball every few overs, he will bowl the release balls Uh, so I think he he has been picked uh, on promise and on character and I absolutely get that, you can absolutely see why they've gone for him, he's got a lot of attributes which are positive but I do worry about what he's been asked to do here because he's not ready, but then who the hell else is? So if, if Moen were fit and firing, if Moen were right in the head, if Moen had the overs in preparation, I would be picking him, you know? He's got a good record against India. I think his best ball is quite a lot better than Don Bess's best ball. Uh, I think he scored two centuries on that last tour to India. I know his batting's declined, but there's no reason why he shouldn't be able to get it back. And also you might consider him a bit more expendable. Now, I know that's a harsh thing to say, but he is 10 years older than Bess. Uh, He's been around the block a bit. Uh, You know, he doesn't have his whole career in front of him. I just, I I worry a bit for Don Bess in the way he has been given an unreasonable burden. Bearing all that in in mind, Sid, I mean, what will, how will India's approach um, be to playing two fairly inexperienced spinners? Uh, We've, have seen in the past kind of uh, Moeen has had some success against India mainly in England um, and again arguably via being underestimated um, but th- there's there's no <coughs> there's going to be no need to take risks you'd think here um, and and you know uh, there's going to be long hard days um, bowling at, at that batting lineup you'd think um, for, for Leach and Bess yeah, if if you look at the times that Mohan has had success against India, it's he he always comes on to ball a off off the pressure created by Anderson, Broad, Vokes. He's he's you know he's always coming in at eighty for three and not eighty for one, which would more be the case in India. So where once it's in India, once it's on to the spinners, it's on the spinners to you know create the game, to create the pressure keep the runs down and still get wickets that's when the spinners will be challenged when they will have to bowl more than 10 or 12 overs that Moeen bowls at home in a day and India will India will just bat they I don't think they will have any approach so to speak they will just bat Rohit Sharma will loft one or two shots every three four overs which for him is a percentage shot he will do that Pujara Pujara will not hit one ball in the air no matter which spinner it is which that's his percentage cricket, they will all just bat. And from years and years of experience of playing spin in India, they will just, you know, if the only risk, the only danger for them is if they don't bat, if they just get into some approach, I want to dominate this person, I want to do... No, you just bat. And I think that's what, from their experience, they're all, uh, I think, Kohli, Pujara, Rahane, all 80 tests plus. 
Rahane might be a little fewer than 80, but still around 80. They've got all the experience right now. They're they're not that insecure team that might have that might have rolled out a you know raging Turner four years before previously. So they, I mean, that's why it's not just the quality in the team. It's the experience. It's the comfort that they are in right now. That's why I find them much more formidable than they've ever been. Well, that's um, that's uh, heartening to hear uh, <laughs> from the England perspective. I mean, the, the other side of this, George, in terms of um, bowling uh, spin on the subcontinent, um, is taking your chances. I mean, particularly if a few of them come along. Yeah, England's wicketkeeper situation. Joss Butler kept very well in uh, Sri Lanka, and he's going to play uh, this first test in Chennai. But then he will fly home for uh, sort of scheduled rest period. And Ben Stokes, uh, Ben Stokes, Ben Folks. <laughs> that would be a that would be a, 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 a on a on a bit of a flyer. Ben Folks will um, come back into the side uh, after sort of two years out. Uh, how do you see kind of that situation going for England? Does does it potentially cloud the issue again for them? The whole keeping debate. This is back to Saha versus Pant in a way. Um, folks generally considered the better gloveman, um, and it, and it's hardly ideal, you'd think, to be changing a wicketkeeper after one test in a four-match series. Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm glad they're doing it. No, I'm not I'm not glad that, you know, Joss in particular is going home or anything. I mean, glad that they are taking an enlightened view to the bubble. I, I, I really applaud that. You know, we've been talking about mental health in sport for years, and now England's cricket is doing something about it and they're getting crit- criticised for it. So I, I think that's right. And is it unfortunate that Joss Butler misses one of the biggest series? Yeah, it is. But where's the gap? I mean, where's the gap? So, um, yep, good for them. And, and there'll be more who disappear after the second test, no doubt. Um, in, in terms of, I mean, I wouldn't have picked Joss to keep in Sri Lanka and he completely proved me wrong, really. He, he, he batted very well, which isn't a huge surprise, but he did bat well um, without the huge score, but he batted nicely. Uh, but he also kept better than I've ever seen him keep uh, in pretty trying circumstances. So he did... A lot right to justify his um, uh, retention, and and that's fine. But I don't think you could argue that um, uh, folks coming in weakens the side. Really, it changes it a wee bit. But he has a higher Test batting average. He has a higher first class batting average. And I think even Josh Butler's mum would admit that he's a better keeper. He's a better keeper, not she is. Um, uh, so so it's not you know it's great that they have those that depth of resource. Uh, ben folks, my worry with him would be that there's been quite a lot of pressure put on him because, as ever, in a player's absence, they're built up to be even better than they are. And, and we routinely talk about him as the best keeper in the world and stuff. Look, he's he's very, very good, but he's human and he's, that will make him fallible. And I worry a bit that, you know, he's come straight in. There'll be quite a lot of eyes on him. He knows that it's a huge opportunity and he'll be expected to perform. But I guess that's international sport. And... Um, you know, he has done it before. I wouldn't be at all surprised if he scored runs. I would be really surprised if he didn't keep well. And yes, if that gives England a problem uh, when they head back to face New Zealand and then India, great. Well, it's not a problem, you know. Having two players who are really good, uh, it's not a problem. It, it, it's it's uh, an area of great strength. And, um, you know, even there are a lot, everyone really is a Joss Butler fan. Everyone likes to see him play. But. 
I think even the most fervent Josh Butler fan will be quite pleased to see Ben Folks get another opportunity because in a different playing age you think he might have played 50 to 100 tests and um, it's a bit of a shame that those skills are going out of the game a bit um, and he is very good but I, I, I would always want to reframe that debate you know comparing it to the punt debate Ben Folks can bat Ben Folks did get a century on test day in Sri Lanka uh, yeah uh, in, in Gaul um, yeah and he uh, he was player of the match in his only ODI when he uh, rebuilt for England and took them to victory against Ireland. So Ben Folks could really bat uh, and isn't actually, genuinely, isn't that far away from being a good enough specialist batsman to play for England. In fact, when the last Ashes tour ended, he was next in line. If there had been another injury, he would have come in as a specialist batsman. So um, it's not a weakness. I, that, that, I don't think that weakens England at all, really. It just changes the way they play, play a slightly less counter-attacking style. I don't think that's a problem in India. Five days, eh? I mean, it'll be interesting to see how many draws we get, if any. Because, you know, I don't know how many tests I've covered for cricket, though. 130? How many of them have been draws? When it hasn't rained, I mean, I think it might be one. <laughs> and nowadays you don't get those fields, you know, where you can counter-attack. Captains are smart now. Quickly, they just switch to in-out fields. Yeah. Guy gets a single, gets to, gets to the other end. You can't hurt them in a short period nowadays. Oh, I, I, don't know, I don't know what you... Um, I mean, Joss Butler can play shots that make a difference. And, uh, but, yeah, I think... I, I basically, again, I agree with you because the scores that we're going to be talking about in this series are not like the scores we see in England, where routinely in England, 330 might be a good score now. Because batting in England's really, really hard. You know, we saw England lose when they scored 470. So a guy coming in at 7 and getting a quick 50, that ain't doing it. You've got to get, you, you know? It's not, though, is it? It's very Quick difficult. That's where you might be, yeah. Yeah. I think I've seen four draws. Uh, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. Where it hasn't rained, I think I've seen four draws. And I think two or three of them, the pitch were reported. The, the, just, the MCG, just, just, just to say how. M- the MCG, MCG uh, 2718, that was a great pitch. Uh, Shocking. Sure. Trent Bridge <laughs> um, against India. Absolute yes. shocker. Uh, out of character. Actually, Nagpur. In 2012, wasn't yeah, great. Yeah, that was that was an ordinary strip. Um, yeah, particularly if you need to win the game to. Uh, <laughs> to yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't as bad. It wasn't as bad as the Thanks MCG or, or Nottingham. <laughs> uh, it was. That, but the point is, England went there in 81, 82, I think, and drew. Sorry, they didn't draw. They lost one nil, a six-match series. Uh, <laughs> imagine putting that on Channel Four. <laughs> you put a generation of people off cricket. You could get a lot of reading done during that series. <laughs> That's the positive yes, side of things. A reminder that there are other things in life. Um, in terms of well, big scores and expectations. I mean, George, it sort of goes without saying, but <clears throat> the importance of Joe Root to England's hopes. This. Yeah test will be his 100th test he's coming in on the back of two big hundreds in in Gaul um, and with the, the inexperience of that batting order around him albeit that, that Ben Stokes will be coming back in uh, I mean they get, they're going to need the captain uh, to to lead from the front again here they are I mean I thought he played beautifully in um, in uh, Sri Lanka but they he was up against an attack which had one indisputably test-class bowler in Emeldinia. Uh, and So you take out the left-arm spinner from their, their side and, you, you know, it, he didn't face... Well, it won't be like that in India, suffice to say. But um, I think it's very interesting that the, the people who 
uh, criticise Anderson and suggest he takes all his wickets in helpful conditions in England, rarely stop to say, Joe Root scores all his runs in helpful bowling conditions in England. Uh, and maybe Joe Root's a little bit underrated. I mean, I think he averages 49 and a half or whatever. OK, so he, he, Root will end this year, he's still age 30, with more test runs than any England player ever, apart from Alistair Cook. He's 30. I, I didn't think... Um, I thought there were a couple of things that looked different about him in Sri Lanka. I thought he had made a technical change. Uh, in particular, he was going back at a cross. He spent the last year just going back. And because of that, he wasn't uh, balanced when he was playing his shots. I think that's a really significant change for him. He has loads of time. He has a huge array of shots. The, my worry always with him is the burden on his shoulders. You know, he, he took on... He's England's most talented batsman, probably him or Stokes. A uh, huge burden on him to score runs. He's also a young father, which is really, really tough and demanding. And captain of a team that's sometimes tough to captain. So I think what he has to try and do is compartmentalise his batting. So to forget about everything else and just concentrate on scoring lots of runs. My worry with him would be that he scored his runs in Sri Lanka after a break. And I think that might be significant. Yes, he's made a technical change, but he's also had a complete mental refresh. And I think he plays too much cricket, really. I mean, I love that about these guys, that they, they love playing cricket. He's got this real boyish, geekish delight in playing, as is Stuart Broad, as is Jimmy Anderson. After all those overs and all those games, they love it. And I find that quite endearing. But, you know, maybe it would be best for him if he gave up on the T20 dream uh, and just, you know, concentrated on being a brilliant test batsman. But you, your point is right. England are hugely reliant on him. There's a very big burden. If he's at his best... He is terrifically tough to bowl against. He's very, very tough to get out. And he looked hungry. So the two differences are he's hungry, he's refreshed, and he's made a little technical change. Looks good. There's no reason why he wouldn't continue to score runs. He's a very, very good player. And he's, well, he's got plenty of tests this year in which to, uh, to, to prove to people who might otherwise doubt him um, just how good he is. I mean, I'll see uh, averaging just a tick below 50 and um, talk of his Fab Four membership and all that sort of thing. All, all bluster, of course, Sid, but I mean, there will be um, undoubted attention on the sort of rivalry with, with Virat Kohli. Um, and, and and it's going to be one that kind of will run through 2021, um, given that India will head back over to England um, in a few months' time. Uh, and, and, uh, and before I answer that, just to add to George's point, He's also a very, very good player of spin. Uh, not many better batsmen of spin have toured India in the last 10 or 12 years. He's, he's very good at picking the length when he's playing spin. He's either right back or he's forward and he plays the sweep really well and both the kinds of sweeps. That's These are the kind of batsmen that spinners hate. So he is a good chance to score runs in India, especially if the wickets are not lottery wickets and if they are like good wickets in the first innings, he's a good, he's a really good chance to score runs. You could expect a couple of centuries in this. Well, actually, it's a four test series. I was about to say five, but you could. Uh, no, he's uh, he's got the game. He's got everything, especially when he's coming to Asia. Not many better batsmen have toured Asia in these last 10, 12 years. Maybe Steve Smith. And I, I, I can't think of anyone else. A.B. De Villiers doesn't tour that much for test matches. I can't think of anyone else in, the, in this last decade who've been better than Root and Smith. Uh, with the rivalry with Kohli, uh, I, I think he's, he's again, Root is again, you know, as you said, staking claims to re-entry into Fab Four. <laughs> the, the, 
the logic for you know uh, kicking him out was a little ridiculous that he's not converting 50s into 100s as if 100 is i mean the 99th run and the 100th run is just as important i would say uh, uh he's still he's still averaging close to 50 he was he's given england great starts mm. kohli kohli is in actually in a similar boat he's he's had a break he's gone through I'm sure he's gone through the FOMO of not having been there, so he's <laughs> he's also eager to make someone pay. He's a, he's a young father, so he's added that responsibility to his. I don't know how he will how he will play. Nobody knows. You can't you can't predict how that works out. But uh, both of them are fresh and hungry, and I, I would say at this age, at at the top of their games, it's it's a feast for. Uh, For the viewers, uh, there could be what nine tests between them. Well, <laughs> that's that is a feast. A, a lot of runs to be scored. Um, for, for, for England, um, something to uh, to cling on to. Virat Kohli hasn't scored a test hundred since 2019, um, but that probably means he's due about four. So, <laughs> just on on the comparison thing, the the, the big four. I just it it always seems a bit strange. I mean, you could be. Very, very good without being as good as Virat Kohli or Steve Smith, and it just seems a bit unfair. The comparison just seems a bit unfair. It's not like people people don't go up to Elton John, do they, and go, "Oh, you're not Paul McCartney." <laughs> you know, Joe, Joe Root is having an incredibly good career and is undoubtedly one of the greats of English batting. Now, that doesn't mean he's better than Steve Smith or or Virat or, or Kane Williamson, but I don't know. I, sometimes the the The, the conversation is framed as if he's a bit of a failure. I mean, he's having an extraordinary career. And, and really, the best should be yet to come. Well, indeed, let's hope so. Um, just a couple of things before we we wrap up um, on on this uh, on the the surface that's being prepared uh, at the MA Chidambaram, uh, Sid. Well, I mean, we've heard from the the curator this week um, an interesting tale uh, about a man who runs a couple of textile businesses being appointed to produce his first test strip. Um, how unusual is is that? And 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 you're not expecting the pitch to be too different from normal, from the sounds of it. Ah, uh, but it 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 isn't that strange actually because he's gone through the process. <laughs> he's okay. He's got he's, his badges. Yeah, he's gone through his courses. He's done. He's done pitches for his grounds. So I'm sure he knows what he's doing. I'm sure he's been employed to do it because they know what he's doing. And I, I'm not expecting uh, too much uh, seam movement from these pitches or too much turn. I, I would, I would expect the first. I would expect India to start off with. The similar pitches that England got the last time, and if England are, you know, if England prove difficult to dislodge, if there's a draw snuck in somewhere, then they might go to more aggressive, more more turning pitches. But I would expect pitches to be good as they were the last time because India know that against England. I mean, the only chance to let England into the series is if 300 is a good score. India don't want that to happen. And uh, yeah, if it, even if there is a bit of a green tinge, we know all about India's fast bowling depth <laughs> by now. Paint. 
as well. <laughs> just, just on this, do you, do you remember a few years ago that the test in Antigua had to be moved? You know, it started at the Viv Richards. Oh, uh, uh, and at no yeah. day's notice, basically, yeah, they, went they went back to, to the wreck. They went back to the wreck, which genuinely had had people playing football <laughs> and, and goats on it two days earlier. What were the scores? I mean, they were massive. They were massive, weren't they? Wasn't it a 600 play 600 game? Was that one of Ravi's hundreds in that? Or, or I can't remember. Uh, yeah. Well, I think <laughs> well, other people remember it for, for Brian Lara, but but yeah, <laughs> no, I think I think you're right. Actually, was that a Ravi hundred? <laughs> anyway, I can't. All I remember is it being extremely flat. Yeah. Uh, sometimes West defending that one nil lead after fifty one all out, weren't they? Yeah, and and it, the point being that you know the character of these pitches is sometimes quite hard to to change. Whatever you do. You know, had, it had the football yeah. pitch line, didn't it? It had the, I, I the think centre the halfway line. line was was sort <laughs> yeah. of like a bit of a bump on the <laughs> on the strip itself. Um, <laughs> and yes, yeah, it was well, still I, very flat and, and and good for batting. So um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be too worried about uh, stories about how green it is and uh, you yeah. know the groundsman not known. It's not how they point the interesting uh, head groundsman, is it? I don't think George, but uh, no. <laughs> Um, and well we've already touched on on the news of um, Australia's tour of South Africa being called off this morning uh, due to Covid concerns and that means that the World Test Championship equation is now a very straightforward one it's a a shootout um, between England and uh, India for a place in the final against New Zealand although I think um, in the event that England and India drew nil-nil um, so Australia could still go through, but we, I, I'm going to hazard that we're ruling that out here. Um, I mean, pr- presumably, Sid. I mean, the, the predictions are that India are the strong favourites of the series, and therefore the strong favourites to go through to the World Test Championship final. But has this added context been, uh, you know, um, of value? Do you think? Have you, uh, you know, has it added something uh, to the casual watch of the game? Has it been picked up on in India as giving Test cricket that, um, you know, putting it, it up on a on a bit of a pedestal? It's it's funny actually, you know, uh, just before the Australia series started and New Zealand were winning every game that they were playing, which was if the Australia tour had gone as expected, that would have uh, that could have kicked India out of the finals. And at that time, nobody cared about the World Test Championship final. <laughs> but but as India started winning, World Test Championship has become the championship to win now. <laughs> it's all anyone's I'm, ever cared about. I, I'm sure. I'm sure the esteem of World Test Championship has come down noticeably in Australia in this last week. <laughs> uh, but but, but yeah. I, I like I like it because uh, I like the concept because it it gives uh, teams who don't get four match series five match series don't get to play fifteen tests a year them some some stakes in this in this format where even if they're playing two test series they are they can make it to the world test championship final and they can there's no other way for New Zealand to say we are number one because it's it's taken them five years of dominance at home and to get to number one for a couple of weeks so <laughs> uh, this the, the 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 ecosystem of test cricket is so lopsided that it doesn't give them a chance world test championship gives them makes them a part of conversation gives them visibility if they win the final if they make it to the final but then again the most ridiculous thing is that 
a two year cycle of test cricket is decided by just one test match which <laughs> yes that's that's not not the way the test uh, game usually works um but well the show the showpiece final at lords beckons uh, george predictions for this series is it going to be 4-0 again oh i don't think england will win 4-0 <laughs> um <laughs> Hey, I don't know that that final's going to be a Lords either, but we'll, we'll see. If England aren't in it, I think there's every chance it's at the Aegeus, but uh, we shall see. Look, I, on that, I don't think anyone's ever said to me, Test Championship's looking interesting. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think it's worked. I say it to you here every week. Or... <laughs> you ask me if it's interesting. And I, uh, it wasn't designed for me, of course, because I like it anyway. We've, we've done 50 scenarios pieces so far since the, yeah. Yeah. Since the Australian summer started. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the problem, isn't it? That, that it's too complicated. No, it's too complicated. You, it's you, a conversation. You need, you need an abacus. It's so simple. <laughs> Uh, so Particularly look, when you get into percentage of points one. If you were going to do, if you, and, and also uh, it, it's ludicrous that you know you can play most of your series at home and not play. Any, anyway, it, it's not a level playing field in a million ways. Uh, it, it may be not fair to judge it right now because it's been a desperately uh, difficult period. Personally, if you wanted context, I'd have divisions with promotion and relegation because I like peril. And I think that way everyone is involved. You know, you can be at the bottom of the table and still have lots to play for. But, you know, good luck trying to get people to sign up for that. <laughs> but there's no reason why they wouldn't, because you could still have the, uh, the big series, the money-making series, bilateral series. You could still have um, the equal, you know, um, broadcast deals of equal value. Anyway... It seems unlikely that's going to happen. Uh, it's a, a real shame for South African cricket in particular that this series isn't going to go on. You, you wonder about the financial ramifications of that. They're horrific, uh, I fear. Uh, so, you know, I don't know what, what's going to happen there, what the fallout will be. You can't blame Australia, particularly with this, you know, South African strain. Um, it, it looks really dangerous. And, and, and sadly, England were not overwhelmed with the... Um, Security of the well, the the tightness of the bio bubble, if you like, and, and I guess that may have um, spilt back to um, Australia as well. I don't know. It's a real shame that for and, and and a little bit of a reminder how well they've done to get this series on, and I guess the precarious nature of it because let's remember it hasn't started yet, uh, and, and there has to be a concern. I mean, anyway, let's hope we get four tests in India because it's you know huge fun for us to enjoy and uh, you know really good competitive cricket in the end obviously India are favourites I mean they're, they're massive strong favourites but that, that isn't to say that England are a poor side they're not I just think India uh, India look excellent they really do they, they look as if they have a team that could challenge anywhere really well balanced outstanding depth if England win, it will be one of the most outstanding achievements of their recent test history. That's all I can say. Indeed. Well, Sid, are you going to go the full McGrath for us here with a, a prediction? No, I thought I was retiring from predictions after this series <laughs> of India and Australia. Uh, but no, no I, England, England are... It's it's not even like a bad English side. It's It's... It's much better than some of the English sides that have come to India in the last 20-25 years. But as George said, India are just really strong. Uh, Day-night test, 
day night test could be anybody's game i mean it 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 just changes its nature very quickly you could be bowling in the in the right session to be bowling in and take like six seven wickets that's that's where england's opportunity or if india are really knackered by the fourth test and the and the series is alive and they go for a square turner well and if, Eng- and if england are really serious about trying to win in India and other places they'll have to change their domestic schedule so that they give themselves a chance to produce spin and face spin but on, on that you know if Pont wants to improve his wicket keeping he could take the IPL off and go and play county cricket I, I mean it would be fantastic for his long term career development not going to happen there's a spot at Worcestershire just waiting for him um, that that debate just like the World Test Championship and, and all other um Cricket debates really will will doubtless rumble on and on and um, give us plenty to talk about over the coming months. I mean, it's been lovely to hear the birds chirping in Mm. Goa um, and the absence (laughs) of drilling in Birmingham. So, you know, that's also good. Um, I think... uh, I think we're uh, just about done. We're as ready as we'll ever be for the series. Certainly as ready as debutant curator uh, Mr V Ramesh Kumar of Tamil Nadu. Are England about to enter another spin cycle? Will it be all whitewash on the night for India? We'll be back to dissect events as the series unfolds. But for now, my thanks to George and Sid and to all of you for tuning in to the Switch It podcast on ESPNCricketVote.com. 